You're listening to the podcast from Barnabas Fund. Welcome back to the Barnabas Fund podcast. You join us for a slightly unusual uh, episode this week. Our usual, our usual news team uh, are enjoying an extended break. Um, so unfortunately, you're stuck with myself uh, rather than our usual host, Andrew Kerry. However, a couple of exciting things to share with you, uh, our listeners. Firstly, we'll be talking later on about the podcast in the coming months after the summer. Um, we've got a nice, exciting format for the show, and, uh, and that comes in September. And secondly, I'm joined now by Richard Campbell, our very special guest. He's a, a visionary, an author, once a chaplain for Leicester City Football Club. Um, but most importantly, you're here to talk about the Eternal Wall project. Richard is founder of Eternal Wall. It's a, a Christian architectural project in the Midlands, um, and that's in the UK for our international listeners. Uh, so, Richard, welcome. Hi. Great to have you here with us. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming to the Barnabas Fund Studios. You're very welcome. Um, we've got a great day of uh, discussing the power of answer prayer amongst us. Um, we've got some meetings with Barnabas Fund staff and um, particularly within the context of, of persecution and how perhaps Barnabas Fund can partner with Eternal Wall uh, in this regard. And uh, you've taken a, a bit of a break out of your busy schedule with us today to come to the studio to, to, to talk to our podcast listeners um, about your project. So I think let's just dive straight in and, uh, and tell us about the Eternal Wall. Yeah, well, it was a vision I felt I had from God 17 years ago about 10 years of praying and been working on it now for seven years. And the idea is that we are going to build um, a, a, a gigantic infinity loop. So it's a, a Mobius strip which sort of arches 50 metres into the skyline. And it's made up of a million bricks. And every single brick will represent a story of answered prayer. Uh, so that'll be planted between the M6 and the M42, two major motorways in the UK. Uh, about half a million journeys will go past it. And what we're trying to communicate is that Jesus is alive, that he's listening, and that he answers our, our prayers. And using sort of state-of-the-art technology, people will be able to come, point their phone at any one of the bricks, and their phone will light up and tell them the story of answered prayer that that brick represents. And what we're trying to do is 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 a way of making hope visible. We want to make hope visible in the nation. It's it's impossible to get any good news stories out there. Mm. And um, people don't realize that God is alive and active in our nation. And we need to make sure that we do that. And we also need to make sure that we preserve the Christian heritage of the nation. Absolutely. And the sort of one of the biggest hurdles I think you've already jumped over, which is getting planning permission for this structure. And it's bigger than the Angel of the North. That's right. Yes. I mean, I mean, for, for international listeners, if you imagine the Statue of Liberty without her plinth, that's about the height of it. So it's it goes 50 metres into into the skyline and that the the wall sort of twists as it as it goes. Um, so we're trying to create um, a piece of public art that will provoke a conversation about prayer, um, and doing that obviously in the in the context of the of the Midlands and and the different faith groups that are there, but we are unashamedly Christian, and and of course, trying to get planning was um, was an adventure, shall we say? So um, you know we're we're thrilled to bits. We've we've had. Really, over the past seven years, just miracle after miracle. I mean, absolutely jaw-dropping stories of the things that, that God has done to help us get this. I mean, one of the great examples is is the land. Mm. I mean, I, I would 
if somebody asked me to to sum up the journey over the last seven years, naivety would be the one word that I would sum it up because we really don't know what we're doing. And um, I thought £20,000 would buy me a piece of land and I was, you know, a good seven figures off that. And, uh, you know, it's been incredible that we've prayed, prayed for land. And then one, one day this one of our team of intercessors sent me a sent me a map saying this is the piece of land i believe god wants to give you fantastic without even meeting the person and two years later it's a long story you can see it on youtube but two years later that person has given us exactly that piece of land so the whole journey of eternal war is an answered prayer in itself here yeah absolutely we're racking them up we're writing them down when they happen and, and it's really important because you know when when you're in a dark place, when you're facing opposition, when when the facts seem to be mounted against you, what we do is we go back and we read the stories of what God's done. Mm. Because I believe when God answers a prayer, he's not only just, um, if you like, demonstrating his ability, I, I think more importantly, he's declaring his intention. Absolutely. So So we can look back at what he's done for us on the journey and really ridiculous answered prayers if that's the right phrase but we say okay we know god's in this so no matter what the opposition no matter when people tell us impossible we're like wait a second god's in this so nothing's impossible for him absolutely and so you've got the planning permission um you start building work soon yeah so we'll start building the access road in september we need to do a big fundraising piece. We've got a good chunk of money already, uh, but we need to do some fundraising in in the autumn. And then we will start the build of the Mobius Strip itself uh, in January 22. And we'll be finished by the end of the year, 17 years or 18 years by then. And I'll be done and then I can go and be a postman. (laughs) Sounds like a much calmer life for you. (laughs) I've got got a dad who's an architect and um, while he's never built anything as impressive as a Mobius, a Mobius ring you call it? Mobius strip. Mobius strip because it it doesn't have a side to it. Is that right? That's correct. It's It's one 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 side. side, One side, yeah. Um, To to look at this, there's lots of conceptual uh, drawings on the the website, which is eternalwall.org.uk. And one of the things you you need to to get is um, answer prayers themselves. So so you're, you're... you're asking um, visitors to the website, to, to the supporters, to send in their answered prayers to be included on this wall. Yeah, and there's no charge to that. We just want those stories. And um, I, I believe that prayer's a, a journey. I believe actually God's more interested in the journey than the, the actual point of answered prayer. Sometimes um, it's an immediate yes. You know, I, I, I know of a lady who, who prayed you know, give us this day our daily bread. She's a single mum. She was praying and she had no food and she just said daily bread and then the doorbell went and she opened the door and there was some food for her for the for the week. Other people prayed for 50 years till God answered. And of course, we all have in our life times where God doesn't either answer the way that we would like in the way that we expect. And sometimes the answers are no. And what we want to do is reflect that journey so any stories any time that you pray to jesus and it is to jesus i just want to be clear on that any time that you pray to jesus and you've got a story of what happened we'd love to know that and not only are we capturing it from this generation but we're capturing it from 600 ad through to uh 1950 so we're trying to capture sort of historical 
answered prayers. And we were also trying to capture uh, stories from every nation on the planet. Fantastic. And just just looking at that, uh, obviously, this is a structure that's going to be in the UK, um, but it has global reach as well. Yeah, I mean, we, we announced the, uh, it was a bit scary, actually, we announced the, the planning and, and the news went global. And, and I think the, the penny started to drop that when, when this is built, you know, physically, you'll be able to see it from six miles away. But, you know, we've, we've already got some major global media organisations that are ready to cover this. And it will be big news. And, and I hope that people be inspired by a million stories because, you know, evangelistically, somebody's only got to believe one of those stories mm. and they won't have to visit the site to get those stories. We'll be opening up the database online. You'll be able to search whatever storm of life somebody's going through and then give them some stories that mirror that situation and they'll be able to see how somebody's prayed. And I, I suppose that's the really exciting thing, that your story uh, could be shared a hundred in a hundred years' time, and could be the catalyst to somebody who's finding the God who answers. Absolutely. And and that you know in Deuteronomy it talks about, don't forget what your eyes have seen, don't let it fade from your memory, but pass it on to your children and your children's children. And and this is really a big legacy project. And, and our way of making hope visible in the nation and the nations. I just want to pick up on that, um, certainly from the point that uh, the encouragement that prayer can be for others, for, for people who, who don't believe in God, um, but also for those um, that are going through their own struggles. And, and as, a, as a nation, as a world, we've just come, we're hopefully at the, t- the tail end of this, this, God willing, of this pandemic, certainly in this country, um, India's got it very, very bad at this moment. As, as these prayers come in um, and, and, and you, you're putting them up on your website, you're giving examples of them, um, how do you see, see these particularly being an encouragement as we come up the end of, out at the end of this pandemic? Well, I, I, I think what the pandemic has done is just stripped away all the things that we depend on and trust in and we think are stable. And, and that, I believe, I, I think we're going to have a big... Um, big impact on mental health that's going to come out after all of this where people will feel hopeless and what we believe we're doing is sharing stories of hope and if you think of a million of those there won't be a situation that won't be covered and and I suppose I always I always in my mind picture a couple who've been given a diagnosis from a doctor you know who says there's nothing we can do and they'll be able to go go type in that disease or whatever it is and then be able to find hope be able to find people who've had the same situation who've called on the name of Jesus and and their situation has, has changed it's it's a landmark of hope hmm. and and I think God's amazing, isn't he? God's amazing in his timing. If he'd have answered my prayers, we'd have built this in the middle of a pandemic and it, and, and it probably would have all fallen over. But I, I just find it incredible with God's timing that just as the globe comes out of this, we're going, we're going to have this, this monument to hope to inspire people for generations. Amen. 
Richard, I want to look at your, yourself. You've got a very interesting, uh, very interesting life. Uh, you became a Christian in the '90s, and uh, and then you embarked uh, on a career in the secular, the, the corporate world, and uh, and you eventually ended up as a chaplain for Leicester City Football Club. Um, I'm yeah, sorry when, for... when they were rubbish. Yes. Just in case anybody's heard of Leicester City Football Club, they used to be very rubbish, and that's when I was there. And then they won the Premiership. Yeah. I think it was odds at a thousand to one. Yeah. Um, Sorry for our other listeners who support other football clubs, perhaps <laughs> rivals of Leicester City Club. Can you, t- can you tell me about perhaps um, your own testimony, how you became a Christian and, 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 and how that led you into the corporate world and then how you've used that to really shape your project? Yeah, I, I think the I was, I was not brought up in a Christian household. I wasn't christened, which is quite unusual in this country. Um, and when I was 11 years old, I discovered that if you put a glass against the wall, you could hear people talking in the room next to you. And I, I wanted to hear what my mum and dad were talking about. And I heard that my mum might have cancer. And so um, I just knelt in my room and just prayed. And it's very difficult to describe and put into words, but I knew God was there and I knew that it was going to be all right. And, and it was. But the interesting thing for me is um, at that point, I believed in God, but I had to wait nine years till somebody shared the gospel with me. Mm. And I think sometimes we can be fearful about sharing the gospel or, or embarrassed about it. But but I think there's hundreds of thousands of people who, who God's already prepared and they're just waiting for somebody to tell them. And that has been a motivating force through my life, really that to try and break open, break um, away from the four churches, four walls of the church, sorry, not the four churches, the wall, <laughs> completely different thing, for the four four walls of the church, to break out of that because there are people out there that that want to hear, not only need to hear, but want to hear. And I suppose that's what we're trying to do with Eternal Wall. You know, we're talking half a million people per week are going to see this. So, so they're not people that would typically go to church on a Sunday mm-hmm. or have any contact with that. So in the same way, I suppose that was my interest um, in the sporting world. Um, I, uh, you know, been been a follower of Leicester City as, as well for many years. And, and when the opportunity came up to to um, serve the club I love for the God I adore, you know, that was, that's a dream job, isn't it? That's a dream gig. And and so that actually was a very machoistic culture. Mm. They, they're not really shy, you know, they're not really polite. If they don't want you to be there, they will let you know. And and so in, in terms of, from a Christian perspective, at times that was in, extremely difficult but you're there really to provide pastoral support in a in a very performance driven culture and and that's what i did and um you know we have a rule we're, we're sort of with with the the authorities if you like that if people ask us about the gospel we're okay to to answer them did, did the team regularly ask you to pray that they'd win win the league and... <laughs> <laughs> no had nothing like that i did some somebody said to me did you ever pray for the team i was like well i did once but it was against derby so that's okay yeah. <laughs> you know that's allowed but um it it was interesting it, it it was really interesting because i remember going to the physio room once and one of the players just going 
Rev, they called me Rev. I wasn't a Rev, but I just couldn't get around to explaining to them that, you know. But they go, oh, Rev, Rev, yeah, you know, oh, tell me about Jesus then, Rev. It was no messing about, just just straight in there. And, 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 and you tell them, and then the other, you know, another day they, they don't want to talk to you at all. You know, it, it just it just goes like that. But um, I heard a stat that um, people in professional elite sport are the most unreached people group on the planet which is amazing really, isn't it? But they, they live in a bubble and uh, and it's a bubble that's very hard to get into. So so we have great privilege of being in there uh, and provide pastoral care. And then if they ask us the gospel then, about the gospel, then we're at liberty to, to share it. It's great that, that Leicester uh, City do that. Is, that. is that actually a normal thing in football to have a chaplain? There are, there are, I think in the UK now, there are about 600 chaplains in professional and amateur sport. Uh, there's a lot of chaplaincies big in, in South Africa, in Australia, uh, New Zealand, um, America. And, and then it's getting more into other countries like Ukraine and stuff like that. So it's growing. Really, really interesting. Thank you for sharing um, sharing about your personal life there. I was going to bring it back to the eternal wall, Richard. And um, I want to talk about throughout history, man has built um, huge structures, cathedrals, projects um, in celebration and worship of God. What what makes the eternal wall different? Well, it was, it was interesting when, when Notre Dame burnt down. I was watching uh, Newsnight and had the chairman of the uh, Royal Institute of British Architects talking about this incredible piece of architecture and, and what a great loss it was. And I just got quite angry because I was like, wait a second, that was built for the glory of God. But what changed over time was the people who used that, went to that building, changed, you know, the purposes then changed for the building. The difference with Eternal Wall is the people are actually in the building. The people are the million stories that are there. That will never change. So, so we know guaranteed that as long as this structure stays up, and we hope it'll stay up for at least 200 years, that there will be a million people telling their story of answer prayer. And I, I think that's what makes it significantly different to any other architecture that's out there. And, and bring in those historical prayers as well, just to go to show that prayer never dies, it, it lives on forever and it yeah. continues to encourage and, and, and bring hope. Um as, you, as you're aware, Barnabas Fund, we support persecuted Christians all over the world who, who suffer discrimination and, and oppression as a result of their faith. And that's obviously mostly in, in countries where they're a minority group. Um, a lot of our, our persecuted brothers and sisters, um, uh, when they pray, it's, it's requests for alleviating, alleviating them out of their situation. Um, we, have, we have examples where, where non-Christians who are perhaps of other faiths, um, they pray and, and, and then they convert to, to Christianity, mm. which, is, which is fantastic. Um, the what what message does the eternal wall give to these Christians who are persecuted? Often, many of them may not be be able to actually physically visit it, but as you said, they can certainly look online and and, and see those prayers of encouragement. And do you do you imagine prayers coming from persecuted Christians and being incorporated into the wall? Oh, I would I would love that. That'd be fantastic. You know, if if somebody in in a country would be able to access those stories, and be able to find somebody who's been in a as difficult situation as they find themselves in, I would pray that those stories would give them great hope. And and that's what I'm I'm fighting for, you know, because because then we can support people in those in those countries for generations. And there's nothing when when you're in a when you're in a place like that, 
you can feel so alone and so isolated. So to find somebody who's had similar and knowing that God has no favorites and knowing that God never changes, you can really take that that story of answered prayer and say, okay, Father God, you've done that for that person, now do it for me. Mm. Not that we're trying to create a formula, but we're, cry- we're trying to stir hope. You know, the Bible says they overcame through the testimony, the blood of Jesus and the testimony. They overcame from the stories mm. of what Jesus has done. Amen, amen. You've also recently become an author as well, Richard. I know. Debut book. Just to keep me busy. Yes. Absolutely. Well, I, I, I suppose um, a lot of a lot of people sort of, when you hear of Eternal War the first time, you know, a number of people go, well, what is that all about? And is that a waste of money? And blah, 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 blah. So, so uh, I've written a book called Remember. Because on the journey, really, for the last seven years, I feel like God's been showing me in, the wor- in, in his word how significant remembrance is. And, uh, you know, you talked about structures before. Well, of, of course, there's multiple evidences where they, they planted stones, they crossed the Jordan, they took 12 stones and, and, mm. and, and created a monument in Gilgal that we know stood for hundreds of years to remember what God has done and pass it on to the generations. So the book Remember really is uh, looking at those evidences and examples and, and really um, trying to guide people into the power and encourage them into the power of remembering what God has done in their lives and the lives of others and introduce that into our devotional life because you know my family and I we've just found that such a strength Mm. to us and uh you know, in the darkest times. There's a great bit in Psalm 77 where the, the psalmist is having, he's having a nightmare, really. He's in the middle of the night. He's in massive panic. He's lost his head. And then what does he do? He starts to recall the deeds of the Lord, remember his mighty acts, and all of a sudden his spirit is changed and he, he he's, he's one with God and we can do anything, you know. Yeah. It's easy to think about what God hasn't done for you, but then when you look back and, as you said, you remember, you can see all those amazing things. And, yeah. and not always the answered prayer, as you said. It's not always the answered prayer you think it's going to be. And I, I just, it amazes me that God works through us in those ways and, and, you know, creates things like this situation here that we're sat together. Yeah. We're talking about prayer. Well, Spurgeon says, why do we, why do we uh, carve our failures in marble and our successes in sand? Yeah. And I thought that's a, that's a great quote. And it's, you know, certainly the culture of the UK, we don't really like celebrating success. Mm. And uh, that's what we've got to, you know, if it's God's success, we should do. Absolutely. Um, Your book can be found on Amazon and through the Eternal War website as well? Yes, that's right. Yeah. And if you you buy it through the website, happy days, because that money will go to the the construction of the the site itself. So, um, but hopefully... You'd be you'll inspired. It's filled with loads of stories uh, of answer prayer, and uh, I know that there is one from you know that 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 uh, comes from a closed country. So hopefully that'll inspire some. That's a pretty amazing story. Brilliant. You can go to the website eternalwall.org.uk 
to uh, to submit your answered prayer, please do. Um, I know a lot of our listeners would have had um, many answered prayers or some answered prayers in their life, and uh, we'd be delighted to perhaps share those. And, and for the Persecuted Church, and we're looking at how Barnabas Fund and Eternal Walk can better work together and, and look at perhaps bringing some of those persecuted um, uh, Christians' prayers to the wall. Um, we've discussed a lot about prayer. It'd be absolutely wonderful for you to, to finish this podcast in prayer, prayer please, Richard. Yeah. Father God, I thank you that you uh, are the God of the impossible, that nothing is beyond your reach, nothing is too difficult for you. And I pray for those listening. Uh, They may be surrounded by facts and situations and an environment that make things seem beyond reach. But Lord, I pray that you would give them a real strength in their spirit right now to call on you, the God of the impossible, the God who nothing is too difficult for. And Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are alive, you listen and you answer. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us, Richard. Thank you. You've been listening to the podcast from Barnabas Fund. Like, subscribe, and check out our website at barnabasfund.org.